With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 220 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Today, very special guest here with us. I'm going to pray. Jake, you hang. I'm gonna, there's your face. We're gonna, I'm going to have you hang on just for a sec. Uh, we're talking trade deadline stuff. We've got, uh, we're not, we don't have anything we're too excited about, uh, but we'll run through everything that's going on across the league. But of course, as we teased earlier in the week, our boy from Winging It Motown, Jake Rivard, is here. Jake, how are you doing? Did you? Oh, no, you're muted. Unmute yourself, Jake. Say hello. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> oh, no. What's going on? Hey, everybody. There we go. <laughs> so, Jake, um, I did warn you. This isn't... Uh, this won't go down as uh, the last episode uh, that we had you as a guest, uh, only because we have actual hockey stuff to talk about. And we had, uh, you know, we had time before. We could just talk about uh, how it goes for you uh, putting together your wonderful works of art. So this is my quick plug, of course, to make sure you're following Jake Rivard. And uh, I think it's, is it Rivard NHL? Yep, Rivard NHL. Uh, on Twitter and uh, on Winging It in Motown. And of course, go back and watch our old episode where we had a chance just to chat not only about Red Wings hockey, uh, but we also just talked about journalism. And uh, of course, Jake's approach is way more fun uh, than I think you'd get uh, just from not nothing wrong with the beat writers. But of course, uh, this this is more of a Jake, how, how would I'll let you describe it? You're the worder. You're the controlled chaos. <laughs> um, I I like to have a little bit more fun than you know your traditional Helene or your Anzircon, um, because ultimately, like you know, these guys are human beings. They're not like robots that are just out there to score points and uh, you know win cups. Like there's there's got to be a bit of personality. You know that's that's what makes the wing so special, and that's something that I try to bring every day. And that's yeah, that, that's where like I I wouldn't say. I'm like selecting who I want to be a guest. I feel like this this is probably going to be the introvert in me coming out hardcore right now. But it's like there's writers I feel more comfortable approaching. 
<laughs> and I hope that's a compliment. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. And so that's, it's, uh, it's not anything where I think I've said, I will only have these folks, but they're the folks that I actually want to talk to is probably where, uh, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's where you're more approachable. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's why you've been on the show now twice. And I really appreciate it. And again, everybody go back and check out that uh, other episode we ran together. Um, Jake, uh, I, I we're going to say hi along the way to all of our uh, friends here. Uh, Mike S. Thrown out there. He was thrown out there about, a, a, oh boy, 45 minutes ago, letting us know about that starter trade. Mike, I hope you've, you've had a moment to go hit the restroom, grab a drink. Uh, but Tristan, my man, you're here. How are you doing? Anthony's here. And I, I, Jake, I feel like you'd recognize Anthony off of Twitter. Um, he is uh, very vocal on, on Twitter. So I know he's hit me up. He, I, I, I got to believe that you guys have interacted at least once on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. All right. It's between, between the amount of fans that, you know, we'll talk and the amount of Hawks fans that show up on every reply I could come up with, you know, I get, I get something from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's coming over from Australia. So uh, he got, he got some swag oh. a couple of weeks ago and I found out just how long it takes to have our swag sent over to Australia. It's about a month. So uh, right on. quick warning. So uh, let's jump into this stuff. Um, we have, of course, the trade deadline tomorrow at, uh, what is it, 3 p.m. Um, Chewy, what's going on? Good to see you here. Uh, I don't, we have a lot of other non-Red Wing trades to talk about so far, uh, but we have one, and I don't know, you know what, I was going to say. Real blockbuster, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if we if we could stretch this out into like a 60-minute conversation, I, and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say this, but I was going to say like, um, you know, we'll, we'll do some sort of donation to, you know, <laughs> if we could actually do it, if we could hit that 60 minute mark, we'll do a donation to somebody's, you know, charity of choice, if that was possible, but it, it would be impossible. There's no way we could talk about this, uh, for 60 minutes. And, uh, it's, it's the Red Wings, uh, acquiring a seventh round pick, uh, Los Angeles says a uh, seventh round pick for Troy Stetcher. Um, Jake, I'm going to let you go first because you're the guest. You you get to you can take as many opinions as you want on this one, uh, and then I'll step in and and we'll yeah, I mean, see where we're we're at. <laughs> I mean, my initial thoughts were, you know, um, oh yeah, good. All right, sorry, it was lagging a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as Troy Stetcher goes, you know, he's coming off of a shoulder surgery, played, I don't know, what, 15 games so far this season. Um, you know, he's a depth guy. I wouldn't have expected much in return for him. Um, like, you know, a solid, I, I, I was expecting maybe like a sixth round pick, but um, I can stomach a seventh. Like, not the end of the world, um, but, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Still there? All right. <laughs> I'm, uh, so here's what here's what's going on. I'm I'm, I'm messaging you. Everybody's going to see this message uh, way before you're going to see it. Uh, but we have like an eight to ten second lag between uh, us responding oh, yeah. to each other. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be okay, juicy. Let me, let me try but, refreshing real quick. Yeah, uh, Jake's going to try and refresh. We'll see him back in just a second here. But um, 
I don't think Jake missed anything here. There's nothing to be too excited about. Uh, there's nothing to hate either. Um, I think this is something too, like when it comes to moving Troy Stetcher, you have to be really realistic with the fact that even the Red Wings weren't willing to make him an everyday player. So what kind of conversation is that going to be uh, when Steve Eiserman is trying to sell? All right, let, <laughs> we, we should do this thing where maybe we can clap at the same time. Right. Uh, oh, that was good. Okay, that was a good response time. Uh, but basically what I was saying was if you have a guy like Trey Stetcher who you aren't putting in every day, what kind of conversation are you having over the phone where you're like, no, this guy's worth more than the seventh round pick. He's just, you know, we're so loaded here in Detroit. We couldn't possibly fit him in anywhere. So that's right. I, it's just it's one of those things being more realistic. I think it's fine. Like maybe it's okay to be upset about it or like a little bummed. I think you could be sort of not like you're not excited. I think that's the proper response. Like you saw this trade come in and you went meh and you, I mean the generic Red Wing fan spot on. Uh, Cause I was in the middle of the grocery store and I said, I don't even think I need to tweet about this right now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's long. And and short mean, of it. If you look at it from LA's position too, they've got, I don't know, five out of six of their defensemen are injured right now. Um, mm -hmm. Stetcher's probably coming in as a replacement for a temporary, like a temporary Band-Aid. Once they get their guys back, I think the odds of Stetcher getting waved, like waved is pretty high. And that's, that's actually a great point too, which um, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit here about uh, some of the future transactions for some of the guys that were moved. And uh, <laughs> this is, that's one, at least for me, uh, Troy is just going to be a man on the move for, for the rest of his career. It kind of looks like, um, it's not anything, nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe he'll end up back in Vancouver. I know, uh, they loved him up there, but, um, yeah, I, this, that, that is a great point on Troy. And I, the long and short of it again is, uh, we weren't going to hit 60 minutes of dissecting this. So I think it's about time we moved on to the rest of the trades. Um, as always. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of pull the curtain back here. Matt's pulling up cap friendly. And this is what uh, I would say would be the go-to for any of y'all uh, that are going to be checking this stuff out just to keep yourself um, updated on everything here, because uh, this thing is so clean and beautiful. If we could talk about cap friendly for a second, like they, 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 they don't have like, gra let's say graphically, is it the most exciting? Uh, absolutely it's accessible. Not. I mean, Oh my God. Accessible is the most, perfect word for that that's anybody again, can pick it up yeah uh th this is something you're you're just rolling through this. this is exactly what i wanted to see uh was this list of all these trades here um i'm gonna see how far back we want to go where these are still legit conversations um i guess we could start with and we want to touch pretty light on these um again i know this i mean this is red wings rant right we don't we don't want to spend too much time talking about these other teams that are improving or, or collecting draft picks or probably getting more draft picks than the wingdings so far um ben Chirot get moved out of montreal and you know what that actually we talked about that in the last episode uh nothing i i, I would have not made that move myself if i was florida i would have been more on the the mark giordano trade uh or uh Train, that's what I mean to say. What a return. We can talk about Montreal. both of those at the same time. Oh my god. Yeah, the return to Montreal is insane. But if if I if I had to put that to you, uh there's some salary retained here, it looks like, but there was retained uh salary for the uh Giordano trade. Top of your head. And like, who would you rather have? Norris like, Trophy, 
winner a couple years ago or or Ben Sherratt. <laughs> what I, drives me crazy is like is like in the playoffs, Ben Sherratt was like getting burned by Tampa every single game. And somebody looks at that and thinks, yeah, that's worth a first round pick, fourth round pick and a prospect. Like what? Yeah. And so, I mean, we can go through this. Let's compare these two. Right. Um, so <laughs> just forgive me here. Uh neck, put that out there. A fourth round pick in 2022 first round pick conditional in 2023 is what Montreal is getting back. I mean, right there for me, Montreal wins this trade. Now Seattle, um yeah we got we got a look second round pick uh two second round picks 2022 and 2023 and a 2024 third round pick going to seattle um from toronto toronto's picking up giordano and colin blackwell of the two returns for what you gave up if you had to compare florida and uh now florida you know didn't only collect ben charat as we'll, we'll go into that in a second but those two defensemen, I think easily the winner here is Toronto picking up Giordano. Easily, yeah. Giordano's a much better player. I mean, like you just said, won the Norris a couple years ago. Like, this is this is a clear-cut win for Toronto. And and just to... I, if somebody probably knows more than me can correct me on this. Giordano, Barry, on a pair when Giordano won the Norris. Brody, you mean? Yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. You got yeah, it. yeah, I believe so. It's either him or... No, Hamilton was already gone by then. So, I, I mean, there's potential there for, for Toronto to link up those those pairings. And we know, you know, Toronto's failings uh, have actually been putting goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, this doesn't necessarily solve that problem. Um, mm, I mean, you've actually. got you've got an offensive minded defenseman, but um, I think some people were kind of hoping that they were going to land the other uh, Florida Panthers acquisition. Um, there is actually a bit of a uh, wings related news with Toronto. Um, oh, go for it. I mean, earlier today they waived Peter Morazic, our good old fashioned uh, starting goaltender. And they signed Hari Sateri, which if you've ever, uh, you know, watched the Grand Rapids Griffins a couple years ago, he was the starter for a while. Um, won a medal with Finland this year. And it looks like he's going to be passing through waivers too. So some team, could just easily pick him up and it could be two huge losses for Toronto. <laughs> well, Hey, you know what? That's good news for us. Cause uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> there's, there's two teams. I don't think we've ever wavered on in regards as, uh, you know, as wings fans speak uh, to the ones we'll never stop hating. Uh, Chicago on Tom McCollum while they're at it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so uh, other trades that we're moving through, um, we had Travis Dermott we can talk about here for a third round pick um, getting moved. Uh, I mean, I, if there's anything I care less about is the trade that like that. So <laughs> Troy Stetcher will talk about because it actually affects the Red Wings. Um, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Uh, Vancouver, of course, uh, tweeting out their goodbyes to the Hammer, which again, I was surprised to learn that he had a nickname. But Travis Hamanick, uh moving over to Ottawa for a third round pick. Um, I know I I'll just throw this out there. You had, you had some thoughts. So I want to give you a, a chance to speak on them. Um, so this is definitely a trade made by a Pierre, whether it's Pierre Dorian or Pierre Maguire remains to be seen, but <laughs> I don't understand Ottawa's reasoning here. Like they're, they're bad, like worse than Detroit right now. Bad. 
they're not making a playoff push anytime soon. And Hamannick is the kind of depth guy you'd put in if you wanted to make the playoffs. What's the logic here, you know? Yeah. Uh, if there was confusion or like lack of interest for me to talk about the Travis Dermott trade, uh, just confusion, I guess, is what kind of brings <laughs> this one up. Um, I don't know. It seems right. Like it, it. it's just one of those. You saw the move. I think I, I, I saw my, my point of seeing Vancouver say goodbye to the hammer was one thing. And then for me to see it pop up as, as Ottawa picking him up, just kind of just one of those things like trade deadline day. Third too. Like, were, you, were you expecting to see Ottawa picking up? Yeah, exactly. For a third too. Um, just question marks, right? I mean, I, I picture myself right now, just the anime look or the, you know, um, classic, just like kind of like tilted yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 45 degrees to one angle. Okay, that happened. Um, we could probably, uh, I mean, the Robert Hag moves over to Florida for a sixth round pick again. Real blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, am I excited about that? No. But here's cool. one that is really exciting for me because, uh, you know, we were just taking a dump on Florida for the Ben Chirot trade. But um, Claude Giroux moving over to Florida. I, I picked my one team to put money on in the offseason to win the cup. I put it on Florida. I could not be more excited that this happened uh, because now Florida was already able to run four lines. And now it just kind of feels like they it's not just running four lines. You have no idea who the first line is anymore with the way they're going to be putting this together. This is like one of the most lopsided trades they could have made this year. Um, I don't know how Florida paid less for Giroux than they paid for Ben Girard. Like <laughs> They got they got Giroux and two prospects back and a draft pick for a third round, a first round, and a like late prospect, Owen Tippett. And the pick is lottery protected. Like <laughs> Yeah. I the fact that that thing goes as deep into 2024, I I just some people were were throwing out uh, or you know what I, you know let's, let's talk about this. Uh cuz I, I saw it posted on Twitter. There's the asterisk, ladies and gentlemen. We have no idea if this is true. <laughs> but it's one of these things that like Somebody might have just gotten traction on Twitter because it it's like you could connect dots, right? Like that's what we're always looking to do because there's always the space of like Giroux was a flyer and now he's a Panther and nothing in the middle makes sense. All right. So, I mean, like it doesn't make as much sense as you would have expected it to make sense for, for Philly. Right. So the story that popped out, the, this could be super fake baloney i just want people to like me on twitter story was sources just Dr trust me true <laughs> true <laughs> was saying he wanted to come back to philly after he gives us a shot over in florida and philly said no which this is where it's kind of puzzling and and again maybe my my assertion that this connects dots is kind of like no it really doesn't but but uh if if i if i may um he went from I will be traded to any team to I will only be traded to Florida after Philly said, no, we don't want you back. This is enough is enough. Instead of just zipping their lip and, and letting letting Giroux think he could come back. But any hoozles, um, the only dot that really connects as to why this wasn't as 
great of return as you might expect for a guy who isn't, of course, the same Giroux as old, but he was still, he's still I, great. Very effective. Yeah. I, I think um, our boy Jay Fresh, who um, I always like to give a shout out to, uh, has him in the top 90%, or I'm sorry, the top 10% of all forwards still. So that's that's nothing to yeah, sneeze at. He's, he's exceptional. Like, right. Any team so, is immediately better with him on it. Um, this is this is a win all the way. It just it's, uh, it's a head Florida. scratcher. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely one way to put it. There's a lot of head scratchers so far. Um, one that uh, I don't know this this one this one works right because it feels like Boston now has a long term defenseman jumping down, of course, to the Ducks. Acquiring John Moore, uh, Vakinian, uh, first round pick, twenty twenty two, kind of second overpay. round. <laughs> I I could get. See, I'm I'm always the guy that that looks at what does Boston think they have. So I, I think it depends on where you valued Hampus Lindholm, and he was one of the guys I had starred and said I want him on my team. So there's a little bit of it, like yep. yes, you gave up. They, they probably did overpay, but they they overpaid to guarantee they got the guy they wanted for a long term eight year deal. I think off the top of my head, six and a half million. Um, so yep, that's 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 a pretty good contract. I think we've seen some guys get eight year deals at thirty years old, which I'm pretty sure Hampus is at right now. Uh, that are what twenty eight. Yep. Uh, that they're way higher than six and a half mil. And you got to think at some point caps going back up. Eventually I'm, I'm going to say, I'm pretty confident in that. Eventually the cap will go back up. They'll have even more space contracts. And gonna I mean, hurt a lot less a, than you think it will. He's had a kind of rough year, but you staple him to Charlie McAvoy and I'm sure he'll be fine. Like, yeah, he's, he's yeah, one this, of those guys where you put him with a good guy and he's set. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think for me, that was kind of where my head was at with trying to like shore up some of these holes uh, for the wingdings. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> that eight year deal uh, just pretty much cements uh, that that dream is over. Um, but again, I think you're right. I, I'm going to I'm going to say uh, there's definitely not a not argument to be made. Uh, for this being an overpay. So definitely a lot went over to Anaheim. Anaheim, you could definitely make the argument won this trade. But there's always, again, for me, Boston got their guy that they were willing to pay for eight years. So I, I feel like sometimes you just got to deal out those extra 2023 and 2024 draft picks to make sure you land your guy. Um, all right. So I got to hit pause here. We have a lot of thoughts. We have about 50 comments that I've completely ignored. So we're going to back up a little bit. Um, I have enjoyed going through these trades. Uh, so let's let's back up. We'll cut, we'll kind of we'll kind of roll through this. Gray Ford is in love with the Vipers jersey. Appreciate it, man. Super fly. Um, Mike Astron up there. Stetch was was decent. Uh, Mike, quick thought. Uh, we'll give you. We'll, we'll each give a thought on this. Uh, Stetcher was decent, and uh, I think if you played him more you might have a better argument for more than a seventh round pick. Um, for me, it's a matter of he's probably decent on Detroit's defense. And I think that speaks more to its completely shallow uh, depth more than stature skill. And I, I, I do, I do like that thought quite a bit and I'm, I'm a little jealous right now. Um, <laughs> we do have a where's Mike 
Uh, Mike couldn't make it. Uh, we couldn't have lucked out better <laughs> that I had a guest lined up. And <laughs> it just so happens that Mike ran into some trouble and couldn't make it to the episode. So um, it's a it's a lose win win. <laughs> somewhere fits in there. We lose a Mike. Uh, we win a Jake, and we win that I'm not just sitting here talking to you guys about it's these trades. It's a win game with a cider point, but still results in a loss <laughs> in overtime. <laughs> I love that. Um, let's see. We do have a lot of Stetcher thoughts, but again, I, I don't know how deep we can go on that. Uh, there was some Razik thoughts uh, that I wanted to touch on, and I'm not... Oh, geez, oh, Pete. Where are they? Here we go. Anthony throwing out there. Uh, the Morazic stands, wanting Morazic back. No thanks. Um, Mike S. thrown out there. Poor Morazic. Uh, but this is the one I really liked. Uh, Jared Shaw thrown out there. Holland, getting his boy back. <laughs> Wait, now, I saw that and I went, oh my God. <laughs> I like count the minutes until that actually happens. The very seconds until we see Morazic heading over to Edmonton. What, what, Jake? Top top of mind thought. Ken Holland is like the dude who's in a relationship with with like a very toxic relationship, and he's like, "No, this time it'll be different. I can fix them. <laughs> Things will be different." Um, wonderfully put. Uh, I I absolutely will not be surprised by this, Jared. You nailed it, dude. That is probably going to end up being comment of the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got it so early. The um, only like downside I see to acquiring Morazic, besides his just awful save percentage, is the fact that you've got him on the books for another two years after that. And you're helping Toronto. Does anybody really want to help Toronto? <laughs> right. Not us. And I, I, I think uh, maybe we only mentioned this before we started recording. But if you want to replace Grice, um, and Jake, I think you even brought up uh, a good free agent option uh, once we roll into that. If you want to get rid of Grice, just hold on. You got 20 games left. We're we're almost through. We're almost done with the Grice experiment. Don't we are not trying to save this season in any way, shape, or form. It is done. In fact, we mentioned in the last episode, it might be time that we just embrace the tank and go as deep into this as possible. Because if you're not going to the playoffs and you're playing, geez, oh Pete, if every Three out of five games looks like some of those stinkers where you're getting blown out by Arizona. I mean, let it happen. Just let it, just bury Lean it. Lean into so, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm pretty sure, Jake, this actually, uh, let's do this. Let, let's let's ask the coaching question. Ha. So we, we've gone through the trades. Um, at the start of the season, I think when we had you on, you were... Two two weeks later, I think we were talking about wouldn't it be weird if Blashell was getting coach of the year notice? Because <laughs> of right, I know. I see boy, oh boy. <laughs> because of the, the group he had, and we were saying, like, can you believe he's getting wins out of this? And of course, now there's a reason that most people didn't think that, and that's because they could see what was to come, or at least your best bet would be what we've seen would eventually come. Coaching change. Absolute happening in the offseason? Or is, is, is there still a chance that Jeffy Boy is behind the bench? I gotta say, the 
you know, I've tried, tried asking around and they keep their cards close to their chest. Um, I, ideally I would like to see some sort of change, just given the fact that the power play has continued to stink for about seven years straight. Um, Blashill's had three assistant coaches, Pat Fershweiler, Dan Bilsma, and now Alex Tengay. And this year, Tengay looked pretty good. And then he fell into the exact same patterns of mis- and mistakes that the last two assistant coaches did. So, like, after a while, when you start to see those same results, like, who do you blame? Um, but on the other hand, like, who, like, out of the people that I would replace Blashill with, like, I, I guess my standards are pretty high. Um, I would want Ricard Gronberg, who is the head coach of a Swiss league team. That I'm... is a very sexy pick right now. Mm-hmm. Head on I'm... over to that Swiss National League. That is looking pretty good. And I'm a pretty big fan of Lane Lambert, too. Uh, I believe he's with New York right now, and he's he's done a very good job. Yeah, there were... Uh... Now, this was only brought up in our comments, and then it was tweeted at me as well. I mean, it might have been the same person that did it. Gronberg's getting comments and notice from um, Lidstrom. So I don't know how much of this. I mean, you take a look at Lidstrom getting picked up and you see instantly like you're you have, you know, like these cute stories come out that, uh, you know, he's talking to the players and then you see Cider shooting more and it's like, oh, that's cool. He talked to the guys and they now they know to shoot more. I I would think that. Lidstrom's use is more for bringing a guy like Grunberg over like that. That is where you have him come and make a difference. And I feel like that could have been a chess move by Iserman way in advance uh, that when he was ready to make a move like that. And it's just, it's one of those things too, right? Like uh, we talked about uh, Ben Sherratt getting a first round pick for Montreal. And some of that is just those ideas getting put out by sometimes the team internally and then all of a sudden it just manifest it's like it's it's manifesting itself into reality and that's how Sherat fetches you so much mm-hmm. you gotta wonder you know with Litzer making the point that he likes Grunberg that all of a sudden he's become a candidate for the Detroit Red Wings and I will say I, I have no problem saying this. I, I kind of feel like um even though the groundswell I think has been slowly building over the year, once you first heard about him, I kind of felt like that was out of nowhere. It was it's not very often that you pick a coach out of the Swiss league and you're like, that's that's, that's your guy. Because <laughs> there's quite a few different European leagues out there that you could pick a head coach from any team. So it's that that's where this kind of feels like uh the the that that did come out of nowhere, but everything is rolling fast and this kind of things got put out there for a reason. It just kind of feels like now those chess pieces are getting put into place. And, and you're I, seeing the coaching staff kind of crumble from the inside because they probably feel the pressure. And, and uh, you know, I spoke to a pretty notable Red Wings alumni. Um, you'll actually be seeing the interview. I'll be posting some of it on my Twitter Ooh. later this week. Um, but he mentioned he's internally involved in the organization, and he said um, to be patient. He said patience is the number one point that we've got to make here. Um, so if it feels, if, if at any point you're like, sick of Blasio, which I imagine a vast majority of people are <laughs> after seeing what he's done for seven years in a row. Yeah. There, there's a plan. N- any hints as to who that, uh, who that person inside is? Um, he, he has won four cups 
We'll put it that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, he calls himself the mayor of Hockey Town, so that'd be pretty easy to uh, figure right. that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I do really like that point too because uh, when you're talking about uh, moving guys, and we were we were talking about you know, do you fix Grice right now? Absolutely not, because there's no point. Like we're not trying to save this season. Um, and then we threw out there too, before we started recording, you know, where, what does patience mean? And we're, you know, you, you can get sick of waiting, but there's also that long-term game and how much do you get back from being patient and waiting? You know, you really never know from any direction, but I, I wouldn't say there's a move out there that's so obvious to everyone that the Red Wings have to make it and it changes everything. Right. And until that for coaching, until that happens for players, you know, personnel players, either way, until that becomes so obvious and then we don't make that move, I think that's where you can get angry. But I, there, there's nothing out there that seems so obvious that we've missed it already or that we you'd want to wind the clock back and, and change something. It's, it's just about <sighs> waiting until that happens. Then you, maybe you can get angry. But right now, since none of that's happening, you just got to kind of stick with what Iserman has always said the Iser plan was, is drafting. And I, I you have to assume uh, patience is a word they throw out there. I've always said flexibility, and you don't get flexibility when you're locking up Mrazek for another two years. And you saw, uh, like, what Iserman did with Tampa. Um, right. And he had John Cooper as the head coach for, I think, eight years. I think he's the longest tenured coach in front of Blash. But, like, I do I think that Jeff Blash is John Cooper? Absolutely not. Am I curious to see what he could do with the rest of the season? Certainly. If a better opportunity comes by, uh, take it and run. <laughs> now, we do have, uh, we got to go back into the comments here. Uh, performance art thrown out there. If Blash goes, I won't cry, but he's done a decent job. And I think to performance art's point, Jeff doesn't have the easiest job in the world. There, there's if if anybody looks at this job and says this team was ready to go to the playoffs this year, you're you're, you're fucking nuts. Um, we, you know, mid season, or I should say around December, if you were sitting there and saying, you know, this team definitely isn't going to the playoffs when they were sniffing it. Yeah, I mean that at that point you're just super negative. I think it was still fun to kind of play that game and say, oh, it would be fun if we made it to the playoffs. But again, beginning of the season, if you were like, this team's definitely playoff bound. And uh, if Jeff doesn't get there, he needs to get fired midseason. Again, crazy. I think the things where you see Jeff pulling a goalie twice in a game, uh, not really knocking it out of the park with lineups and and kind of messing things up where it gets so uh, it's, I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to reuse the word, but it, it gets so messy with, with what you're actually trying to do with a line where you, you see guys that you thought were role players and were like a, like a Giovanni Smith being on the second line when there's clearly some other options you could throw in there. You should that not be putting stuff. Adam Ernie anywhere near it, the power. Exactly. Play. And, and the it fact was that cute. he was there all season is, I don't know if it speaks more to the depth or the confusing coaching decisions, but <laughs> bad. Exactly. And, and that's that's one of those things where it was like it was really cute last year when Adam Ernie had his uh, was it ten points uh, in ten games, eleven or twelve goals or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cute. It was fun. We created a shirt that said "Retire seventy three. We had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> but um, you know, we all knew the reality, and I, I think even the arbitrators were looking at Adam Ernie's situation and when he was getting paid in the off season, they're like, "Is that 
that might be too much, Steve. I, I think you might have thrown too much out there. But the um, guy has scored under a goal per month this season, and I don't think he's scored since January, like early January or November. I don't know one of those two dates, but it was it's been a while. Yeah, and he's you know he's not a bad person, but no, uh, no. yeah, he's just in the NFC. The... But... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I'm not a hockey team for some good reasons. Yeah. So. <laughs> The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins as the action rolls on. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So um, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, performance art, his follow-up comment was tank city, baby. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that one. Um, now I did just kind of improvise that point. We did, we do have some uh, actual Red Wings, you know, since we're not getting any, Freaking trades in. I'm refreshing cap friendly right now as if that was going to like, hey, look at all these <laughs> trades you missed. Like six of them roll in. Uh, nothing yet. I'm going to go to Twitter real quick. We're going to break the fourth wall here. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So we could go into uh, how do how'd you feel about that Seattle game? Uh, because uh, I have I have some things we can kind of dissect here. And uh, everybody, of course, you can throw your thoughts in there. How much you enjoyed that uh, third period implosion. Four goals. To describe um, it in a word. Uh, sloppy. Ooh. I like it. Um, this is one where I think the third period actually brought what the entire game looked like uh, into reality. Can I say that? I, I think uh, Ned stood on his head and God bless him. And uh, this was just one of those things where I'm highlighting the expected goals for percentage here for that Kraken game. This is one of our widest, if not the widest margin of the season. 75% of expected goals chances fell in Seattle's favor in that game. If that doesn't open your eyes with Seattle being one of the worst teams of the season, actually, you know, it does two things. Ned is fine. Anybody panicking about Ned over the last month? Just get out of here. It's a job of confidence. And, you know, he's he's been doing his best and like, Despite the team's best efforts, he's done a great job. Yeah, and I think um, it was uh, Prashanth who who threw out the statistics about how uh, in December Ned was just out of his mind and was the best goal saved above expected goaltender, and that's how we we stayed so close in the in the playoff battle. But we were still absolute garbage in regards to giving up expected goals against. Um, so, yeah, for me, this game, the third period, was just everything kind of falling in line of how it should have. Uh, but I, I do want to kind of, like, uh, 
let's ignore this one. Uh, I do want to harp on on what's been going on with Ned, and because there's still, I still got some pushback last night on Twitter, which I'm not happy about. So last month, right? And we've brought this up on previous episodes, just so you know, Jake is uh, Al, uh, Alex's struggles, but things are starting to shape out. Uh, you're going back to the Edmonton game again. Edmonton had five minutes of puck possession, which pretty much won them that game to start. Uh, when it was uh, us against them, uh, was that it's, it's about a week ago now? Um, Thomas Grice gives up three goals in five minutes. Absolute disaster. Ned comes in, not the greatest goaltending performance of all time, but definitely getting him back in that range where his expected goal or his goal saved above expected was just, 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 just under negative one. Which is, I mean, that's in that statistical relevance area where it might as well be zero at that point. So he's just given up as much as he should have. Uh, again, against Vancouver, shout out. Uh, great <laughs> goal saved above expected there, 2.13. game. And then against Seattle, uh, I would say another great game, except, you know, the third period, things just started to go the way they should have been going. So his goal saved above expected, the uh, 0.48. And you guys will find that stat on the far right of all three of these tables. Jake, my opinion, and I want to get yours, and maybe you'll just agree, so I'm stealing the easy opinion here. When Ned looks good, it's his own style, and I've been throwing this out on Twitter for a while, but it's his own style and skill that seems to become a highlight reel and put the Red Wings in position to win a game. Because it's those two things, and it's not something like, uh, you know... Really, you see, you know, and Ned is coming from Carolina, so this is kind of me talking out of both sides of my mouth. But any goaltender that seems to go to Carolina seems to benefit from their style of play, where the goal, you know, the goaltender is benefiting from the team. Flip side, because Ned plays the style of game he does play, he's actually saving more goals. But anyway, the point of me saying that, that's why Ned's going to be fine. It's been a stamina issue, I would say, number one. Um, and, uh, and I think you put it out there as well already, uh, was, uh, confidence, but. And it's like important to note that this is like the most consecutive amount of games he's ever played in his career at the NHL Mm -hmm. level. Um, he, I think he played, uh, he played under 26 games last year, um, and a couple scattered games years before, but like, this is the first year he's had like a solid, consistent workload. Um, to me, he kind of reminds me of like. Like, you remember, like, Mike Vernon and, like, how he used to play? How he was, like, super aggressive all the time. Like, just Absolutely. a very cerebral guy. Like, that's 100% what uh, what Ned reminds me of. So, he just needs to be, like, in that zone in order to hit that next gear to his game. Yeah, and I, th- I think I'd be, I'd be okay, too. Like, knowing how well Ned has played uh, these last three games. I think... I think I'm okay if you move forward with Ned and new, and I'm not saying this will continue. I'm just saying with how well he played this last week, how well he played up until you want to put like mid January on there, I think was when he hit that threshold of like the most games he's ever played in his career and things started to dip. If he can cut that in half, like I'm, I'm okay. If there's like those, those times every season for a goaltender to figure things out. I, I, I do remember that being a struggle in, in 2002. Uh, Hashik took a dip. Um, and then in, in 2008, I mean, we were struggling with who's actually going to start in the playoffs for us uh, with the same sort of dip uh, in February, March. So I think that, that that's two things where Ned is going to figure this out on his own, but it's also, 
maybe not as far dip. I think this has been a pretty deep dip uh, for Ned. I think that's fair to say, but it also kind of feels like that's pretty normal for every goaltender in the NHL. Uh, maybe not your Vasilevskis, but for a vast majority of goalies, <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to hit a dip uh, once they hit the mid, you know, the midpoint of the season, and, it, and it's kind of one of those things where you got to regroup mentally, physically, um, and it, it just becomes something that you have to weather the storm. And if anybody needs more positives to say that Ned is going to be fine moving forward into next season, it's that it looks like he got through some really horrible times and gave us three solid games in a row here. So I think that that is a point that should not be ignored is that he's a, he's still a young kid and we can play the, you know, the Michael Bunting rookie game <laughs> here of how old he actually is and, you know, should it count? We won't play that game. But Ned's extremely young. Um, and I, I think this is just one of those things where he showed a ton of maturity for that age uh, to get through this struggle and come out with these last few games. Alex Ndelkovich is 26 years old. He's a youthful boy in the prime of his life, just, just getting started. Michael Bunting is 26 years old, but he's ancient, old, <laughs> decrepit grandpa. <laughs> What an old piece of shit. All right. Um, <laughs> we, don't, uh, we don't have any more new news to go over, so we, we've still just got more things to dissect uh, in regards to um, what could happen. And that's where this mm. came up. I don't know if you saw the Emily Kaplan uh, ESPN article two days ago, three days ago. Um but for anybody who hasn't seen it, and for all the podcast listeners, Emily threw out there, a few people have told me, keep an eye on them. And there's a belief that anyone on the roster is in play outside of Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond, though I have a hard time seeing them part with Captain Dylan Larkin either. This text I received from an NHL executive should put the rest of the league on notice. Stevie Y is up to something. Dangerous words is how Emily Kaplan Caps it off. Um, well, she was clearly Emily, talking can about you the please... Troy Stetcher trade. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been done. <laughs> the seventh round pick has moved. Oh, he was up uh, to something, all right. <laughs> uh, Emily, as I've always pleaded, um, please come on my show. I don't know how many times you're going to ignore my DMs on Instagram, but uh, here we go. This will continue. Um, from your biggest fan, you couldn't have made me more excited. But what could this possibly be? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm glad I shared the the show notes with you because I don't want, I don't want you to feel like I'm putting you on the spot. I don't need to know exactly what Steve's doing here. We're talking high level. But I oh, mean, yeah. if this is up to something, Stevie Y is up to something. I mean, this is something where you're, we're always trying to figure out what's the timeline for the Geyser plan, and then Steve comes back and says there is no timeline, there's no timetable. We're just doing what we can and we're trying to improve this team you know iteratively year, year by year that's fine steve but if you're doing this if you're up to something you are cutting whatever that timeline is in half and uh it would have to be huge and it would have to be would it would it have to be more than mantha in a fetching a first and a varana type move see now the name i've always kept an eye on is travis Konechny from philadelphia Big, big fan of him. And I think what could really benefit him is a change of scenery. 
I'm hoping that if Stevie takes a look at any roster style player in order to flip a player, like let's say Philip Peronic, um, Derm or not Dermot, um, Connect needs the kind of guy I would look out for. But as far as big moves, um, <laughs> I mean, I'd be looking at Tyler Bertuzzi going. I'd be looking at anybody not named Cider, Raymond, or Larkin um, on the block. And I don't blame them. Uh, this team is not ready to compete this year, obviously. Next year, I don't think they're going to be ready yet. Um, I think you're the earliest time, the earliest point you're going to ever look at for playoff contention, unless you get huge seasons from like Simon Edmondson and a bunch of other rookies, is the 2023-24 season. Well, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. We can put the names, uh, and they've been talked about all season. Uh, Bertuzzi and Zadina um are the fun ones those are the ones you can <laughs> title like it make it killed on the internet again for yeah, uh, you... positing a zadina trade <laughs> <laughs> oh, i was gonna say yeah i i will i can title any of my youtube episodes will philip zadina get traded tonight and uh you know i'll get not only a ton of views but a ton of comments but i, I refuse to do that what i want to know is it possible that steve might move one of uh, uh, <laughs> one of his draft picks more, more importantly, would Steve move a first-round pick? I think if this was a up-to-something move, I would say yes. I think it could go into that realm. Depending, I mean, it would it would have to kind of play this game of, you know, how much value do you put in first-round picks if you're not getting a top 10, which uh, we're getting in that realm where it's almost going to be guaranteed. But... I think it depends on the return. Absolutely. Now, if the New York Rangers said that they want to trade Alexei Lafreniere. Oh, man. And they asked for a first-round pick in return. First off, they're not going to do that. Um, (laughs) Second. (laughs) Yeah, if we're playing Who Says No, that was Steve who put that out there, and it's the Rangers saying no. Um, I think... I think I'd be on board with doing that, like no problem. To be like when I saw that, I, that would get me so excited, and I I don't know if I'd have any real. I I don't think I'd have any regrets. I think I I I would trust Steve almost almost implicitly, just to go head first into that, and uh, come out with a smiling face. Um, that's that's one of those for me where the the more first round picks and the more draft picks. We keep bringing in and we keep having exciting, you know, turn, turnouts and uh, production from our college prospects and our junior players. And we keep going, wow, another guy led the league and whatever. And then we also have to put the asterisk on there, you know, well, uh, you know, he might be a Red Wing in two to three years. And you got to cross your fingers that injuries don't get in the way. And there's so many different variables that could make it go in the and incorrect the wrong direction uh, from where, you know, a Red Wings fan would want it to go. Honestly, you, you trade a first round pick for Lafreniere. You're taking some of those years off that you got to wait. One of the hottest takes that I think I have is um, while we're worrying about, you know, getting a first line center, um, you know, just wait a couple years. Hopefully you get somebody that pans out, but if you don't Austin Matthews's contract ends in two years, Oh, and you could make a push for him. That? You could you could hypothetically get what might be the second best player in the league with the right offer and the right team built around him 
that's potential for some serious wins. Now, you don't think Austin Matthews is is going to be tempted to play in a 3,000-seat arena down in uh, Arizona? I think he would love taking the Segway <laughs> to work every day. Now, that that would be, oh, my God, um, th- the difference between going from the Toronto media to playing for the Coyotes in a 3,000-seat arena. Man, I, I don't even know. That, that would be so jarring. That would just completely... Flip you on your wrong end. Uh, yeah, it'd be. I don't know if is it easier to get up in the morning or to just be impossible because you wouldn't even know which side of the bed to get out of. Um, <laughs> the complete opposite situation. Also, probably no more winning. Um, all right, let me take. Uh, I got to take a pick. Quick, yeah, quick look. I don't even quick peek look. Uh, peek. That's what I was looking for. Quick peek at the comments here. Uh, Darren Nichols, I see you're in there, man. I got a lot of comments from conversations. Uh, we're, we're well past, so I, I apologize there. Um, missed miss so much. Oh my god, sorry, Darren. And you're gonna uh, wanna <laughs> take Anthony's advice on this one. Oh, okay, there it is. I can see. Can you block this guy? Um, <laughs> thanks, Anthony. Um, I'm glad that uh, you saw that in there. Let me let me let me do this. We're we're gonna put him in timeout. Uh, there he goes. He's in timeout now. Darren, uh, actually, listeners uh, or anybody on the, the YouTube page here, I apologize for apologizing to Darren. Wow. All right, he's out of there. Don't have to worry about the fifty comments he threw in. Uh, but I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To sum up this, uh, to sum up this little subject here. I think there's a piece of me that just wants some some sort of chaos. I think, uh, I mean, for Jake, you, the writer, what does chaos do for you, even if you hate the move? Gives you something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, from a, like, do you just, do you just want that chaos even? I, I mean, there's, there's a piece of fandom I think comes into play, but how badly do you, do you, do you need that chaos sometimes? Um, I think it it adds, you know, it's it's like throwing a pepper into a good salad or like a good dish, you know, it's, <laughs> it's that little bit of spice that that just really just gets things going. Um, it gives me a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more potential in, you know, what could happen. Like last year's Mantha trade. I mean, that that thing was that thing had mileage to it. Um, you can even still talk about it to this day. Look how Verana's doing. Look how Mantha's doing. Um you know, I think chaos is what would make the NHL a lot more exciting. It needs a little more of that, like, anarchy. It is, it is uh, you know, we're getting way more than uh, what Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick alluded to, I think, a week ago on Hockey Night in Canada. They said a lot of the big names weren't going to move. And what's funny, I, I think we've seen a lot of the big names move. Uh, maybe they were just talking about Chikrin. But, um, you know, like... The problem is that I saw that and that they were talking about that. And I went, God damn NHL again. You have an amazing <laughs> trade deadline potential. And it's just going to get thrown away because uh, because too many GMs were scared. Now, clearly, again, that hasn't happened. We've seen a ton of overpayment <laughs> for some of these guys. So, we, you know, we get that chaos. Um, but it does suck that that's where my head went. And I immediately believed it because we've seen it too often with too, you know, too many big name free agents just signing with the team. 
uh, that they're already on. I mean, I, I could Landis probably this last off season. I thought he was going to go to St. Oh Louis. My God. Yep. Yeah. That was such a bummer. And uh, you know, I, I could probably right now start to connect some dots. Like maybe it's just because I wanted Hampus so bad. Um, <laughs> but you know, you look at Hampus now signing with Boston and it's like, you didn't even want to, you didn't want to give someone else a shot. I mean, like, see if we can get that six and a half up to seven or seven and a half, maybe eight. You know, like, come on, let's make it interesting. <laughs> I I don't want to spend eight, but right, like like uh, Tomas Hurdle, number one name on the oh trade my block God, this yes. year, and now Super he's back. Boring. He's sticking around for another eight years. That yeah, San that San Jose me... got one huge anchor of a contract off of their books with Evander Kane, and they were like, yeah, let's just add another one. Like, what you've got to deal with? Like, they've got one of the most screwed up caps I think in the whole league. Like. And everybody's got that that plus thirty attached to their huge contract links yeah. and numbers. It's insane. Um, yeah, San Jose apparently has the snack room has to be insane. I think the facilities have to be amazing because I don't it's know. It's like a retirement home now. I mean, it's a bunch <laughs> of old guys. You're just comfortable there, right? That's got to be it. With the sunny weather, you know. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, Jace throwing out there. Let's, uh, let's not forget same injury for Mantha and Verona. So crazy that both came back around the same time. And, uh, they both put up a couple of two goal games too. Um, yeah, Eric throwing out there, Mantha's back doing well. Um, yeah, he's got five points in eight games, I think. Yeah. You know, you talk about like how that trade still has some, mobility in it for uh, for a writer like you could still keep running with it and it's going to be fun to keep coming back to that and seeing how these two go because i don't think i don't think it would be fun if right now we looked at it and mantha still had zero goals this year and you know verona just seemed to be running away and we had to stop checking in i think it would be really nice to see both of these guys continue to produce and it was really just one of those things where they needed different uh they needed a different setting now you know, Verona had a hot start. I think right now we we saw like the reality of missing so much time and getting your legs back underneath you. I think that's that's pretty obvious the last couple of games. Um, I'm pretty curious but, to see how Mantha's going to do in the playoffs. He didn't get a lot of time uh, last last year, but I think this year we get a chance to see like, is he going to be the kind of guy who goes off in the playoffs, or is he going to totally freeze up? Is he going to Mitch Marner <laughs> like you know go cold? <laughs> Right. Or is he going to turn into one of those, you know, just monsters? And am I am I crazy that like I want to see it happen? I want to see him go. I would off? love to see him go off. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was definitely um, you know I don't I don't want to throw you into this controversy. Have you lose a bunch of followers? But uh, you've probably already gave you already gave <laughs> your opinions at some point. I was a huge fan of Stafford winning winning the Super Bowl. I uh I do feel bad oh, I for love anybody. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah, I do feel bad for any of these players. That I mean, say what you will about the margins between the greatest player in the NHL and and the worst player. Uh, but there's a lot of guys in the middle. These guys are all still world class athletes. Even the worst guy. I, that's uh, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. But these guys are all world class athletes. And this little chunk of Detroit sports time has been an absolute mess. And any of these guys that can sneak out of here, Verlander can go win a championship, uh, Stafford now. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see Mantha go off and, uh, 
you know, not it's not anything like you want him to go. Yeah, take that Red Wings. Even though that last, yeah, no, but that last, you know, the, the guy's uh, a successful player. You know, yeah. I think he's got some serious potential. He's never had a season above forty points, which is really heartbreaking because I think he's like he's got forty goal potential, or maybe had forty goal potential. But um, yeah, he's he. I I, I feel like he is overdue some success. You know. Yeah, and just. Just to, to warm our hearts. That's, I mean, honestly, you know what it is? It's just me being selfish again. Like, I love um, Tomas Tatar. I'd love to see him, you know, make it big. And Nyquist, too. Always love Gus Nyquist. That was actually Anthony oh, thrown out there. Remember enough. Tatar and Nyquist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was one. I, I don't know if you uh, go through, like, your old tweets. Uh, I have an app called Time Hop that shows me all my old shitty facebook posts but it does also show me some of the old memes i've i've made along the way and and seeing the old one of uh nyquist and zetterberg at uh, leo's coney island and making the joke about man i can't believe i've been in grand rapids these last couple of years um i i loved man i was so in love with nyquist i, I was like this is our next dad suit but man i had a post like i don't know back in 2014 or 15 where i was like Brian Sproul, Xavier Ouellette, and I think like one or two other guys. And I was there, Tomas Yurko. I'm like, remember these names. These are going to uh-huh. be the future stars for the Red Wings. <laughs> you know, part, part of the problem, I would say, because I, what I did, uh, I remember getting Sproly uh, a couple of Norris uh, trophies in uh, NHL EA Sports. Oh, so, yeah. like, I would build out through. You know, whoever we drafted, I was keeping them all. Let's put Mantha on the fourth line, you know, as like exactly. 18 year old. He goes off. <laughs> uh, well, let's. I, I'm going to do this. Our, our big update for the Red Wings is a new Mojo episode. So uh, we're probably going to lose a ton of viewers now that I said that for the live view. <laughs> so people are going to go check that out. Well, that clearly means um, at least uh, no, no Nick Letty trades, no something super awesome yet. And we're coming up on an hour. So uh, the only thing I really had left um, was a little ditty we like to do is just kind of give our our picks here for uh, whatever games are coming up for the week. And I think we just have this Tuesday game against Philly. And uh, this is interesting. Um, we, we take from Jay Fresh. Uh, this is his uh, team versus team rankings here. Um, this will be interesting because the Red Wings have a small majority of the wins here when we were looking at five on five goals and expected goals and Corsi power play finishing. And then the defensive side, um, or actually is this? No. Yeah, it is. All right. It's <laughs> one, two, three, four, Jesus, five, six to four, man. I, I almost couldn't count there. I, so here's the interesting thing. Uh, out of all these statistics for the podcast listeners, the Red Wings have, uh, have the advantage uh, six to four in regards to all those advanced analytics. And what we we've done actually, Jake has just gone ahead and said, you know what, based on some of these, I think we could find a win. One this of the is, things that's go yeah, ahead. This is one of the ones where I think it could be a pretty easy win for Detroit. Um, they just lost their best player yep. and Detroit just gained one of their best back. So they've got Verona back and Philly's going to lose, uh, you know, has lost Giroux. So depending on what, the wings get rid of at the trade deadline. I think this could be, this could go one way. Yeah. This is, this is one of those two where um, I think, I think I still have some good vibes from the Kraken game, probably because we were leading two to nothing going into the third and you're coming off a one to nothing win against Vancouver and the shutout. This is one that's going to get me moving too far in one direction. (laughs) 
<laughs> with the positive vibes. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm totally going to acknowledge that, but yeah, this will be, this will be a win for the wingdings. I think, uh, what I was, what I was getting at was that these are actually misleading all these statistics because of all the moves that uh, have happened probably in the positive for the wingdings, like you mentioned, negative for Philly. So this is even going deeper into our favor and especially with uh, the offensive side here. Uh, the only thing Philly has an advantage on, on, on us is a uh, five on five Corsi, but um, and goaltending, but oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from the offensive side uh ah. that uh the five on five Corsi, I, I i would say too for some reason we've been able to manage this season like the finishing side of things i don't know if it's because of larkin and Tuzi and now verona coming in and just having these unbelievable shot percentages uh to carry us through some of these games but uh you know jeff may this is one of the things that i just don't i don't know if jeff there's the big things and there's the little things. And I made the argument, I don't know if Jeff knows this team. Because at a press game, a post-game press conference, he said, this team does not know that you can't just flip a switch and turn it on. And that is absolutely how they've won so many goddamn games this year, is just flipping a switch and turning it on. And it's almost like Jeff just completely ignored that. So what I'm getting at is uh, the, the only advantage Philly has here, uh, this is how much I like to overthink these is something that we've been able to overcome all year. Go ahead. Take all your shots. Sure. Some of it's good games from Ned, but throw your pucks at the net. And somehow we end up with an unbelievable shooting percentage from just a couple of guys and we still win. Um, it's uh, I think we have like, what did we get up to? I think we have at least five games this year where Bertuzzi's walked away with like a 60% shooting percentage. Just, just. I think so. that first game against Tampa, he just he had like, yeah, close to a hundred shooting percentage. Yeah, just any any time he wanted to throw it at the net, like top of the circle. He's just like, here we go. We need another one. We got this. All right. Um, viewers are dropping, guys. If you have a second, please hit the like uh, button in here. If you're new to the show, I gotta thank Jake uh, for coming along. I gotta think that we've got some new viewers because uh, he's just pretty good live numbers right now. I'm liking these. Uh, Jake, I got to appreciate, uh, or throw out the appreciation. Cause I think, uh, you're bringing on some new viewers for us. Is there maybe it. getting tired of, uh, two brothers just bitching at each other for an hour, but, uh, it's, it's good to not have that for once. Um, but yeah, guys, if you have a second, if you enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button. Um, the best thing you can do for us, uh, right now, Apple podcast, go ahead, subscribe, rate and review. Those reviews have helped us every time our uh, listenership actually has doubled. Every time we get those reviews, we slow down a little bit in reviews. If you guys could, if you have a second, just jump in there. Let us know how you like this episode. Uh, Spotify, you've got your star ratings. We greatly appreciate it. And of course, uh, the shop, bodpodcast.com. Hit the shop button and uh, you can see the Red Wings Rant shop. Uh, we've got our new shirts. We've got the uh, hashtag Save Us Verona shirt out there. And our brand new Red Wings Rant logo. If you guys want to check that out too, I got uh, the new zip up hoodie coming. It is super sexy. I got to tell you guys, it's uh, soft and squishy and I love it. Um, Jake, you are an absolute hero. Uh, it's your second time on the show for good reason, uh, because I absolutely enjoy reading your work and I really love talking to you too. Um, I got to get some Elden Ring hours in there. So we could have actually chatted about that instead of me just complaining about we'd be here all night if we talked about elden ring (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, I mean, guys, if uh, again, uh, Rivard at Rivard NHL um, is an absolute perfect follow for Red Wings fans. Uh, but of course, all of his articles on Winging It and Motown as well. Um, and you know what? Just just look up Jake because we talked about this the last time that you were on the show. But how much work you've done uh, outside of the Red Wings, and uh, it's actually snuck into the Twitter account. I've gotten some of those music uh, takes as well that uh, I'm a really big fan of. So uh, keep those coming. But yeah, guys, if you're not following Jake yet, go do it right now. Uh, hell of a follow and uh, a good, good pal of the show. So we really appreciate it, Jake. Yeah. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Very happy to be here. And uh, we'll, we'll cross our fingers on uh, anything juicier than a seventh round pick for Troy Stetcher coming in. <laughs> And like somebody uh, earlier said, uh, yeah, but watch the trades happen. I bet as soon as you finish this, major trade will happen. Yeah, oh I bet God. so too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's inevitable. Uh, I'll try. Tell you what, guys, I'll, I'll try and come right back. Jake, you're you're free for the night. <laughs> I'll try and come right back and, <laughs> and tackle it. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens up until 3 o'clock tomorrow. All right, everybody, have a good one.